Rebellions are built on hope. Incoming transmission. Radio Rebellion. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. How are you guys doing? I am your host, Alberto Calderon, and thank you as always for joining us on another Star Wars weekend, Star Wars Saturday, start of the week, whatever, time has no meaning. Uh, thank you for being here as always, I do appreciate it. And today, today's a great show, it's uh, it's an episode of finales, right? We're going to talk about bad season one finale. Uh, talking today about Race to Crash Point Tower. So it kind of ends the, the High Republic Wave 2, the main three books. I know we still have the comics. Uh, we have Tempest Runner coming out. We have Monster Temple Peak. That first issue came out this week. But the main kind of Wave 2 is coming to an end. It's the last of the three books we're going to be talking about. And it's also a season three finale here on Radio Rebellion. We're going to be taking a small break after these two or three weeks. I'm not sure. And it's also a 75th episode. Who would have thunk it? We're still here 75 episodes later. Again, super appreciative of everyone out there that has taken the time to listen to the podcast when we started, uh, watch the YouTube videos, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, everything. So thank you as always for making, for helping us get to this milestone. We're 25 away from 100. Hopefully, we'll make that next year. So season four, we'll try to do 25 more episodes and end with our 100th episode. But that's months and months away. Today, only our 75th. So we'll be talking about something else. Like I mentioned, Bad Batch, High Republic, Star Wars, everything. Um, so yeah, it's been a good day. How are you guys doing? It was a, I feel good today. I did my part as a citizen. Uh, I gave for, anyway, I was going out with my family. We're trying to go to the store. And as we're leaving the, the neighborhood, there was a, a dog. We saw a dog running through the streets, a golden retriever, had a collar. So we had to stop to see what was going on. Didn't have a tag. So no name, no telephone number. Took her to a vet. They checked her microchip. Thank goodness she was microchip, but the number was disconnected. So we didn't know what to do at that point. We got into one of these neighborhood apps out there. I put it out and I, five minutes afterwards, I got a message back from someone that had saw a post that someone was looking for the golden retriever that had just run away. Uh, we kept this dog for about three hours, I think, and we finally got in touch with the owner. So I feel good. Found a stray dog, found the owner. Everyone was extremely happy. So yeah, see, it's good to give back sometimes. Always, always do your best, give back, help people. And yeah, it was a good time. It was a nice dog. I have two golden retrievers myself, so see, having a third one in the home was fun, but I too many pets. I couldn't have another one, but great that we found the owner. Uh, if you're watching this again, thank you. Make sure that you're subscribed. Subscribe? That's the word. Subscribe to our channel that you comment on this video, let us know your thoughts on the Bad Batch finale and season one in general, 
High Republic, the Galactic Star Crusade, anything that you want to let us know. And give us a little like, hit that thumbs up button, the bell, notifications, whatever it is young people say that you should do at every YouTube episode. And of course, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, thank you. And if you don't mind leaving us a rating and review, we appreciate it. But today, we have a great guest today. He was here before a few weeks ago, a few months ago, uh, when we did our our Revenge of the Sith watch party. We had a lot of fun that day. He's back. I was on his uh, channel, his podcast, a few weeks ago, talking about my guy, Boba Fett. We had a lot of fun. So he's here again. The one you guys know him. He is from the El Podcast, the Star Wars. It's Oti. Oti, how are you doing? Hello there. Oh, how sure. Are you? I caught you. You were busy reading. So I, I just want to just full disclosure. I was sitting like this since you hit my window, and then you started doing doing the story about the dog, and I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. Yeah, man, it's something. Else. Our whole family was just heavy now. We hadn't go to a store all week because my kids started school. It's Florida; they don't care about anything, so they're maxed up. At least our school, their school, say, hey, you gotta wear a mask. But we haven't left the house to go grocery shopping or anything. We went and as two minutes afterward, we see this dog just run right across from us. And my wife says, no, no, we gotta stop. We gotta check this out. And good. had a good ending. Uh, very happy that, cause we're, what we're gonna do, it's, does it have a tag? Will we able, will we be able to find the, find the owner? Do we have to take no. them to a humane society? They hold it for two weeks be, before they put it up for adoption or something. But yeah, man, the neighborhood. And then we had, when I finally got in touch with the guy, I said, yeah, I'm coming over. We had like three cars just driving around the neighborhood that saw us holding the dog. And said, oh, wow, you found it? Oh, that's so-and-so's dog. And I do the whole neighborhood was looking for this dog. So oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right. So how are you doing, Audi? How, how, how are you I'm, doing today? I'm good. I had to rush over here because I was playing golf. And <laughs> oh, I, I, I was like very aware of the because you know I wanted to do this, but yeah. I wanted to play golf. So I was like, and the minute it hit four o'clock, I was like, okay, I gotta go. Yeah, so yeah. I ran over here, took a shower. Here I am. All right. How, how was your yeah. golf game? Are you? Do you have a? Oh no, I suck. I suck. <laughs> I, I used to play as a kid, and now I'm starting to go back. going back. But yeah, no, it's 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 bad. It's bad. <laughs> Yeah, I only tried twice to hit a golf ball. A friend of ours, he was a big driver, so it wasn't a little putter or mm -hmm. anything. And we'll just try to hit it the farther as you can on this beach. So I took a swing. Oh man, where did it go? Just sitting there. I missed it completely. Tried again, missed it, handed it back. Here it's, you go, guy. I can do this. So it's harder than it looks. I'm sure. I mean, I've seen even mini golf, I have my issues, but <laughs> All right, so let me say hi to our friend. He was here a few weeks ago, Roberto Venegas. How are you doing, Roberto? Thanks for joining us again. And yes, we got to help our animal friends. Always, man. I mean, we always have animals in my house. We got six right now. Two dogs, two birds, two guinea pigs, and sorry, seven, one fish. So we got to do what I what we can for our little yeah, animal friends. I love animals. <laughs> Freaking love animals. Uh, so yeah, how you how you been doing this these past few weeks? Consuming Star Wars, a lot of High Republic, a lot of Bad Batch. What has um, been taking your time? So basically High Republic. That's <laughs> what's taking all of my time. I'm I'm actually a slow reader. I actually got through The Rising Storm pretty quickly mm -hmm. based on how I usually read. <laughs> I, I have this terrible ADD that never got taken care of. So I start reading and every two pages I have to go online and check something <laughs> 
but yeah so it's i've been consuming it but now i'm with out of the shadows and i'm actually taking it very slow because i'm afraid that what happened in so in january january with you know this whole wave of high republic yeah i got really burnt out like when i finished out of the um into darkness i was like okay this was awesome i don't want to read anything star wars anymore <laughs> so i'm taking it slow so i don't get burned out we have sure. The visions novel coming we have the uh, audio drama we have the comics still going on so i'm just taking taking my time enjoying it yeah there, there's a lot like i three main books basically so the rising storm race to crash point tower and out of the um uh, out of the shadows out of the, out shadows. Of the shadows man i should have out of the shadows and then you have all the comics still going then we have that just came out i think wednesday or tuesday was that first issue of monster peak the monster uh, temple peak with ty yorick mm -hmm. then we have like you mentioned the the visions novel is coming we have the one for which that new character tula a lot i forget her name there's a new character also getting her a book plus tempest runner and then oh, uh, edge of edge of balance edge of balance with i think justina arlen is yeah you know, co-writing that one and then we have one if you read every star wars then we have the throne one coming and yeah. then you start again with the high republic and, in january and the third padme novel and there you go which so, i don't know if i'm gonna read the, the i really love the first two but I've, I've only read the first one which i really enjoyed but i didn't get the second one i saw kind of both type of reviews somewhere it's great all this yeah, it's not really it, like it. if you like the first one i think you'll like it okay i'll probably check it at some point the one i'm i don't know that throne man even though i love i really enjoy the second one excuse me of this new ascendancy one i had the same issue that you had in terms of burnout with the high republic i love all the three wave one high republic and then jumping into throne which is a completely different type of of novel or type of writing and everything, it just threw me off completely that I just wanted to go back to High Republic. And I think I'm gonna need a break after Tempest Runner comes out and then Throne, which I saw, it's like 500 pages. I can't do 500 pages of Throne. It's too much. It's too much for my meager head. I, I really like the first one. It's very different, which I think gave it a fresh air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but it's, it wasn't really that long. It's dense, though. Yeah. There's the names and everything. It's funny how the High Republic space battles are awesome. And the ones in Thrawn, they're not bad. And they're extremely detailed, but they're so hard to follow. Yeah, it's a, it's a totally different type of writing space battles. Same with the Alphabet Squadron novel, which is all space battles. That last one, there's like 100 pages. At the end, there's just a space battle, and it's very different, and it's time-consuming, but it's more about the characters and how they feel inside their ship and everything else. Thrown it, so turn your ship 75 degrees, and this one is going to come from... And I don't know what you're saying, but I'll go with it. And then mm -hmm. High Republic is, yeah, there's a space battle. Uh, the Vectors came in, they killed everyone, and then the now went into the path, and yeah, they it's, came it's back very, behind them. It's very straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but... We'll keep going with all that, but like I mentioned, you not only have your Star Wars podcast, you have a separate one for movies. So can you tell us a little bit about both and how they came to? Yeah, sure. So my first podcast is called Film Not Included. 
I do with my co-host. His name is Tony. I think he's watching because he just texted me, you don't play golf, which I do. But <laughs> Come on, Tony, how are you doing? Get on so the chat and say hi, he, Tony. He, he's probably watching. So, yeah, I do it with him. The title's in English. The podcast is in Spanish. So, <laughs> yes, sorry. However, uh, I have my other, and that podcast is dedicated to, you know, all types of movies. So mm -hmm. if you speak Spanish, film not included, it's on Twitter, Instagram, Apple Podcasts, every, anywhere you can find it. There he is. There Tony he is. The most. Antonio, thank you for joining. My, <laughs> my best friend and my worst enemy. Yeah, that's so, usually how it goes. <laughs> yep. So, um, so yeah, so we, we do that podcast. We Actually, our first episode was about that movie right there. Right there. Yeah, the camera is there. Yeah, yeah. I get the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so th that's that podcast. And I also have a podcast of Star Wars, which I started because it was a bit, how, how do I say, um, shameful that I just kept talking about Star Wars and film not included. Yeah. And we were like, okay, you need your own space to talk Star Wars. <laughs> so there we go. That podcast is usually in Spanish, but this year I started a segment which I'm having um, English English speaking guests over. Mm -hmm. I've had Alden Diaz, Maggie Lovett, um, I had uh, Connor. Um, actually, I uh, contacted Roberto. We're we're working on that. I have to have to follow up because yeah. you know. I, and yeah, I'm planning on having more guests, so you can keep cool. an eye on that. And in my Twitter, I'm usually tweeting in, in English, so. Uh -huh. yeah, it's, so it's yeah. Star Wars forever. You're right, Tony. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool. So I always ask my guests because we all have our Star Wars stories, how we got into it, and we always say Star Wars for everyone. We're gonna be talking about about the Bad Batch. We might have contracts, you know, different opinions about it, but there's always something in Star Wars for everyone to love and kind of follow. You can be a fan from '77 or from the Bad Batch. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But also be something special that. Not that you're a super fan or whatever, but it makes you go into podcasting and YouTube and, yeah, I got to talk about this movie and this series so much. So what's your Star Wars story that took you from watching it that first time or when it really took over to having to say, man, I got I to gotta find a release for all this Star Wars energy? Yeah, so basically I first saw Star Wars, I was four. In 97, uh, the re-release was coming, so my dad knew the... The prequels were also coming and he was like this is he actually told me this is the uh, that was the perfect moment for me to hook you and sure enough he did um i actually it's it's not on the wall if you watch the commentary for revenge of the sith i have this millennium falcon from that time yeah. which i think is i moved my office so there's still things in the other one so i have to bring it back but yeah so i i i loved star wars as a kid the prequels came out i loved it i loved it i loved it mm. And, you know, after Revenge of the Sith, things died down a bit. I, yeah. I wasn't a, a book reader overall. I, I read now a lot. As you can see, all my books, I, I read a ton. But, yeah, so basically uh, my Star Wars fandom was limited to video games because I did not watch The Clone Wars because I thought it was for kids, you know, cartoon. <laughs> And now I love it, full, dis sure, full disclosure. Sure. But at that time, I was like, eh, it's for kids. And yeah, so the acquisition happened. Things, you know, Star Wars is everywhere now. So it was hard not to get back, you know, hooked right back into the, the universe. And man, it, it was basically the, the Last Jedi. That was, 
that was what changed everything for me because that was the movie that made me think about Star Wars about you know as something bigger than just a movie mm-hmm. or a space sci-fi you know at that moment I, I saw it as sci-fi I don't think Star Wars is actually sci-fi but you know it's I started seeing as uh, something more. It was the character of Luke. I never, ever, ever felt attached to that character. And I remember I saw Last Jedi, and a couple of weeks later I saw Return of the Jedi. And that moment when he throws the saber, I, it, it it like hit me in a way that it had never hit me. You know, I I always knew he threw the saber. Sure. And at that moment I started, you know, to think about Star Wars so so much and constantly and then I, I i was a prequel hater and i went back and oh my god the story is great you know the, there's a bunch of stuff that i don't love but you know the, the essence the story it's, it's great so that's what actually launched me to okay I, I need a podcast i need to talk about this you know i i don't care if two people listen to me or a thousand people i just need to let it out and i know people are hearing people are listening people are reading my tweets so Yeah, so it's I bes- it's basically a, a way for me to let out everything I'm processing from from this franchise. Yeah, we, we have to find something to let go of everything that we think of. Mine was similar. Um, and you almost beat me. I watched Star Wars when I was three, so I still beat you by one year. Again, it's 1993, a little bit different. But yeah, Return of the Jedi, I think I do remember. I always use that as an example, as my stories, Return of the Jedi, and Jabba mm-hmm. the Hutt, and me crying when I saw that slug coming to the screen. You can check all my other videos where I talk about it. But then again, it was the re-release in 96, 97, whenever it was, that really brought me back. Because I didn't read the comics or the novels, the extended universe, legends, whatever you want to call it. I didn't read it back then. So I kind of lost interest in Star Wars in the early 90s. Then just got back into it at the end, and then the prequels came back. I mean, came on and everything that happened there, which I, I loved all of them. But same thing, 2005 came and went. That's it, no more Star Wars, what now? Played a few video games, not a lot. And then, of course, everything came back. Uh, it's great to listen from people that love um, The Last Jedi so much that there is something about that movie that it's, I know it's you got both polars, Either you love it or hate it. It's very hard to find someone in the middle. I'm more mm-hmm. in the middle. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I do love a lot of it. I have my issues with it. Same as the Bad Batch will get into it. But the people that love that movie kind of have so much love for the movie and for the characters and Luke, which is the big issue. I guess a lot of people, oh, they ruined Luke or no, he was great. It makes sense. And I mean, in that time, it makes sense for Luke's journey to happen like it happened. But it's great it's, to hear from other fans that why they love that movie so much and how it was transformative in their love for Star Wars. So it's it's interesting how some people say it ruined Luke, and for me it was like he, he, they made Luke. He <laughs> he was finally for me, you know. And maybe it's some other thing, but he, it was the first time he was relatable to me. So yeah. All right, Tony saying Attack of the Clones is fire. Attack of the Clones, I mean, the whole prequels went through that hate for 15 years or however long it was, but still Attack of the Clones is the one that gets the most hate. And I'll say it, it's my least favorite after the Clone Wars movie. I really don't enjoy that one. There's a lot to love from Attack of the Clones, which one of the things when I was doing my review of it, it's okay, the dialogue is cheesy, some of the acting is kind of wooden, 
but I love everything that happens at the beginning. I love everything with Obi-Wan and Django. I love everything on Geonosis. I love everything on Tatooine. Oh, wait, I think I love this movie. So we do kind of complain a lot about it, but there's so much great, and world building in Attack of the Clones, I think it's the best in all of Star Wars. The music in Attack of the Clones is one of the best, so it is fire, Tony. And of course, Robert also adding that there is one Star Wars movie that hit differently, and it's kind of like seeing the Matrix. All of a sudden, everything starts making sense. Yeah, it is. It does. <laughs> um, so, have you booked your stay for the Galactic Star Cruiser? You got your $5,000, you book your two rooms or your one room, you're ready to go? That's not happening. <laughs> what was your reaction when you saw those prices? I was not surprised at all. Yeah. At all, like at all, I, I don't know. It's, I think it was so expected, you know. Like you and Roberto talked about yeah, it, like a few days before days they before announced it. it. Will it ever go down? I hope so, because I really want to stay there. Thing is, you see the rooms, yeah, Star Wars, it's awesome. It doesn't look that nice. <laughs> Yeah, you got you know, those little cubicles. I mean, the, the, the decor is fine. It's, oh, yeah, I mean, Star Wars. And supposedly, if you look at the windows, it's space. And, and for example, but, I don't know how it is, but could I be sleeping at, at 3 a.m.? A TIE fighter shoots into my window? Like, <laughs> yeah, just a, maybe an alarm. I, you know, that, I, I love Star Wars, but I like to sleep. Yeah. You, know? you hear that Death Star alarm from Rogue One. Ew, ew, ew. No, I just fell asleep from that. Wampa drink that they hit me last <laughs> night, but yeah, it's expensive. But I always saw it as a cruise, like that's what they're trying to sell you. This is a cruise, cruise are pretty expensive. I said I went on a Disney cruise, which I love, but it was at least three days. This is only two. You go to a destination if you're taking the cruise from Florida, you stop in the Bahamas, here you stop on Batu. The thing that I and apart from everything else, all the schedule that they have that you can be involved in all these stories, which is great because if you're paying that much, yeah, give me something. Mm -hmm. At the same time, maybe I just want to walk the ship for five hours. But for the people that are going to Batu, because this is a two-night or two-day experience, mm -hmm. is it? Because I don't know if it's in that big release that they released, I guess. Is it like a cruise that you go, it's from Friday to Sunday, or can I book on Monday, then you go on Tuesday, and everything's happening at different times? I don't know, because I don't think that was explained. Oh, so so for, for example, if I arrive on Friday and you on Saturday, do our experiences coincide, or are yes. they? Or uh, say the only time it's open is from Friday to Sunday or whatever. So everyone that comes in at the same time uh, gets the same experience, everything, everyone deboids, and then comes the other group. Instead of it's a hotel and I check in on Monday. My cousin checks on a Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea how it works. And that would make sense the way you say it. Yeah, and that's the what only makes thing, the most sense. It stops on Batu, and you know if you you're paying five thousand dollars, you better get on the Millennium Falcon ride. You gotta go to Rise of the Resistance. You gotta be able to do all the experiences. So the people that are just going to Disney to go to Galaxy's Edge. They're kind of screwed because now you have hundreds of people dropping in on the party, taking over everything. Because again, if you pay that much, you should be able, unless what? they go after hours. Because I think you get there a little bit early, but I think it kind of puts everyone else on a kind of ah, sorry, but two is close right now for the Halcyon. I don't know. So again, you got people thinking about this, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure they have a great logistics <laughs> team. Do do we know when the 
hotel opens? It's sometime next year. I don't know. The okay. Date, so I, I asked because I'm going to Galaxy's Edge on October. And now, like, <laughs> what if that happens while I'm yeah. there? <laughs> no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Okay. Um, have you been able to kind of get every experience that you want to go or not yet? No, not yet. I'm, I have an alarm. Actually, it's this week. So to reserve, you went. Do I have to have the ticket before I reserve on the lightsaber, or can I reserve and then? I oh man, you, you don't I, remember? Because I couldn't do the lightsaber. Oh, Be, uh, because I checked before I got the ticket. No, I think I got the tickets and then I had it. I had my alarm, but every day that I checked, just oh, let me see if there's availability for any day. As soon as I click, it was already full. So I'm not gonna even try to get into it. Okay, so I I did a test for you know for summer. It's impossible yeah. for mm -hmm. October where I'm going. It's actually they actually have a couple of spaces. So okay. I'm not that worried. But so I'm gonna yeah. say that you're gonna need your tickets because you need a ticket and then a reservation to the park. Because okay. the only thing I was oh, able yeah. to reserve was the droid build, and I yeah, think I, I, I did that, that after I had the ticket. So get that first. And then, dude, I, I have a special savings account for Reality <laughs> Edge. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was asking my wife, so how much can I spend while I was there? And uh, I was, I hold off a lot more than I expected. I did get my Dooku lightsaber, which I love. I got that droid for my daughter, which I kind of love even almost as much as my lightsaber. That droid is awesome. I want the droid. I want to make my lightsaber. And if I see the Ray lightsaber, I'm buying it. I'll hate you then. That's but the hey, it's, it, it's all it's been all budgeted for like three years. It's sitting <laughs> there just for when I can visit. The only thing I would say, if you buy, and I think even if you build your one at Savvy, they ask you which blade you want, either the long one or the shorter one. I would say go with the shorter one, which is really? similar to this one, the Black Series, which is like 32 inches. I bought that 36 inches for my Dooku too one. Long? And it's too long. Even if I oh, try okay. to swing it, I'm hitting everything. I'm hitting the floor. Oh, dude, thank you for telling me because yeah. I would have gone with the long one. Okay. Yeah, go, that's the same. I like, just give me the long one. When the guy said, oh, they're both the same price, give me, give me that one. As soon as I got here, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm hitting everything. So it's nice if you're just going to display, but if you want to, once in a while, just go around and twirl it, yeah. go with the short one. Okay. Oh, good to know. All right, so I think I think we can start in going to our main topics. Um, so let me find this here. If you guys are ready, I know I'm ready. I know Otis ready. Let's talk Star Wars, and we're talking spoilers for the Bad Batch season one finale. And down there it says Camino Lost, which is yesterday's episode. But actually, we're gonna be talking about both episodes. I think the first one, part one of the finale, was Return to Camino. I think was the name of it. The yeah, the return to Camino. And we, I didn't talk too much about it last week. We had Meg Dowell here last week. We were talking about Out of the Shadows. And we very briefly, trying to avoid spoilers, talked about Return to Camino, but not that much. But mm -hmm. in general, how do you feel about the finale of Bad Batch? Actually, before we get into it, just your overall for your season one. How what are how are you feeling? Did you were you excited for it when it was announced? You saw the first episode and all the way till yesterday. How was your excitement level? I wasn't excited for it. I, you know, it was a Star Wars thing, so I was going to watch it. But <laughs> I wasn't that excited for it. And then the, <clears throat> the, the episode premiered, and I loved it. I, I loved that first episode. I think it was a great you know, series starter overall. 
And, you know, after that, I, I was binge, you know, watching it as it came out. And then at some point, I think it was after episode five, I think, uh, the first the first one with uh, Fennec Shand. Okay. After that episode, I missed the next one. And then I missed, missed the other one. And I started to realize that I wasn't that hooked on it. And I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. I just wasn't hooked by it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I went back, watched the episodes. I actually stopped even reviewing them <laughs> and did, did a couple of episodes. And then the same thing happened. I missed one and, you know, they started getting accumulated. And I, and I realized I'm just not enjoying it that much. However, I, I think it's a very Clone Wars thing. When you rewatch Clone Wars, there's a bunch of episodes that are like, I could skip this. Yeah. But we're watching it in real time, so you you never know what you're gonna mm-hmm. get. So uh, the the last three episodes, I think, were great. I I had a ton of fun with them, and yeah, so it, it was like a roller coaster. It, it had some awesome episodes and some just not that awesome episodes. Yeah, I I wasn't excited when it was announced because mm-hmm. I know a lot of people when Clone Wars season seven was announced, even before everyone everyone was give us the unfinished Bad Batch reels. People had watched us and they wanted the Bad Batch to come out. And when they finally showed up in season seven to start season seven, the Clone Wars, most of the fandom was extremely excited. Oh, we're finally getting the Bad Batch. I didn't connect with those characters. The first two episodes. Uh, I didn't like episodes. I'm like, I don't really like these characters. They're just stereotypes of every action, action hero that you see out there. Why does the guy named Hunter is the tracker? Why does the smart guy wear glasses and he's tech? So all this, I don't care. A good thing about having four episodes is by the end of it, I started caring. I really enjoyed tech because someone posted, oh, he's basically the droid of the group. I started seeing tech as this droid personality, basically. And I kind of started liking it more. I really liked tech at that point. By the end, I'm okay, I'm starting to like these characters a little bit. But I really wasn't invested in, in a show when it was announced. I watched the trailer. Yeah, it looks great. The animation looks pretty cool. But I mm-hmm. again, I don't feel the need for this mainly. And I'm sorry, I kind of was done with this era. I know there's mm-hmm. still a lot of 18 years between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. But it's been like seven, episodes, seven seasons of the Clone Wars. We had Rebels closer to New Hope plus Rogue One. And now we're getting Andor and Kenobi. So there's a lot, plus Solo, which I love Solo, but that's like a separate adventure, but there's a lot now in this era. I was kind of done with clones, I'm done with this. So that's why I wasn't excited. The premiere came up and I loved it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm gonna shut my mouth because I really enjoy this because it is what I wanted from this era, which is seeing the beginning of the empire, Mm -hmm. how they're crushing everyone and how quickly they're doing it. Everything I had to do with that part, I'd enjoy tremendously. When it was mostly focused on the Bad Batch, I kind of started lose, losing focus. You know it, Tony. You know it, Mr. Rest. Make Solo to happen, as always. We gotta, we gotta Make Solo to happen, yeah. So I started losing interest in it. No, I don't want to say losing interest because I still want to watch it. But like you said, I wasn't like, oh, I got to race somewhere and see it. I got to watch as soon as I wake up. Maybe the fandom also got to me with everyone at 5 in the morning when I wake up to go to, to work. Everyone is already posting their reviews and their reactions. Like, dude, let us 
It's kind of mellow a little bit. We don't need to review everything and put our thoughts out there on Twitter at 3 in the morning. Yeah, you were the first to watch it. Great. That doesn't make a difference in terms of fandom. So I think that might have played a little bit. But animation-wise, it's great. Outstanding. The, I don't know. Everything about it, the way the characters look, that kind of painted look, the water animation everyone talks about, the forest, it's very lively. One of the first things mm -hmm. I said in my first reviews of the episodes were you can notice the difference in budget between uh, Rebel Season 1, which is mainly on Lothal. Everything is sand-colored. It's a little buildings here and there. Here is a whole environment. Every planet was different. We, we didn't get this in Rebels, which at the same time, when a lot of people out there say, oh, Season 1 of the Bad Batch is the best, the the best first season of a Star Wars TV show. I think it's not fair. Because these are established characters that we saw in season seven in a world that's already established compared to Rebels has a lot of work to do. New characters, new places. No one knows this and they have to build a relationship with the audience. Bad Batch already had that. So I don't think that's a fair comparison. It's also, it's, you know, it's also weird because Clone Wars got canceled. People yeah. don't, don't like to talk, Why, talk about it. So yeah, <laughs> it got canceled. So it was also the first Star Wars TV show. So mm -hmm. that first season, I don't think it's one of the best. I don't think it's bad, but it, it has a lot of filler episodes. <laughs> and yeah, I, you know, I think it's an unfair criticism sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you can see it. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. So, however, and then Rebels, it's the first show show after after the acquisition and it's the first one of the first first things that comes out so i could understand maybe they they taking their time to find their footing and you you can notice it rebels got better after each season mm -hmm. so this and and then we had resistance with which i think it's very underrated i don't like it as much as the others but i don't think it's bad at all this one, I think that, you know, it comes after Rebels. It comes after Resistance. It comes after the re return of uh, Clone Wars. You know, they know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they, so, if, yeah, it makes sense for it to be the best. And I, I actually agree. I think it's probably the best yeah. first season. And it's, and it's an established team. You have Filoni yeah. as an executive producer. His fourth uh, Star Wars series that he's doing, animated series, not counting everything else that he's done. And it's the same writing team, I believe, from Resistance. So had two whole seasons to, okay, get our bearings going. We know what we're doing. So mm -hmm. it had a lot writing on it to make it as good as it was. And like we were talking before we started, I do know that it's a great show. It's extremely well written. The animation, like I said before, is great. I'm just having trouble connecting with those characters. So jumping then into this two-part finale, one of the things that a lot of people out there are saying, and I kind of agree to an extent, but it doesn't matter, is that they should have released this as a longer episode like they did for the premiere, which was a, a one-hour episode. Do you have the same belief if this was released as a one-hour finale would have landed a little bit better? So I enjoyed both episodes. I really did, but I do agree. They should have just doubled down and ended as, as it started and just release it release both at the same time yeah i do think it's better releasing them simultaneously because by the the first episode is so action-packed and i enjoy the first one more i think it's my favorite episode of the season because we finally get to see that confrontation not physically but communication wise between <laughs> hunter and crosshair 
which was needed to make the, uh, the emotional connection there. Mm -hmm. I think this should have happened before. Throughout the season, every time that they met, maybe not every time, but they should have had some type of conversation to kind of really nail down what they tried to do in that finale of why mm -hmm. he left. Don't make me your enemy. I never was. They never had those in 15 episodes. Nobody really cared what Crosser was doing. A little bit at the beginning, I think Raker kind of kind of said, oh, I'll say it. I'll still miss. I miss him. Something like yeah. that. But yeah. apart from that, nobody mentioned Crosser. They were trying to kill him on that episode with Cat Bane. Mm -hmm. Everyone was shooting to kill. There wasn't a real deep conversation till the end, which, okay, it was great, but I think we needed a little bit more. And by the end of that episode last week, everything is falling down. Uh, Tipoca City. Is it Tipoca? Tapoca. Yeah, Tipoca. Whatever it's called. I, I saw someone said say Tapioca City. Yeah, and I, I can't stop <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone's shooting the Empire's done with it. A little rampart is done. Destroy the whole city. And mm -hmm. then it ends there basically with them trying to get out. And then mm -hmm. this other episode yesterday's was a little bit slower than trying to escape. But I think it kind of cut the momentum in half that it takes a little bit to for me at least to get back into it having that week off but again it's streaming so if you want to just watch both and see if it works better you can still do that yeah because i agree i think the the first one it has all the action all, all the set pieces and it sets up this em emotional send-off and waiting a week for it it kind of cut it in half because i think it would have been a, a great you know back-to-back -back punch yeah. Man, it's one of those things we, and most people out there, I won't say everyone, kind of prefers this weekly release to, oh, release everything and binge it. But then we have this, like, oh, man, why didn't you do, give us both at the same time? It's that. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, and, and I really prefer the week to week. So, I'll, you know, I'll have my complaints, but I prefer it. <laughs> All right. So then, so for this one, this last one yesterday, let me jump back to let's just talk at in general did you feel like the emotional connection when crosser and hunter were having those conversations and then at the end hunter i mean crosser gets knocked down and they decide to take him with him did you feel that connection and where oh what's going to happen now between this group so i did i, I really did and i thought i might not because i you know i don't feel attached I, i like these characters i really do but i don't like them like i i do a ray for example yeah but when ugh, fucking love omega uh <laughs> but the when when the emotional st stuff was happening I, i was shocked that i actually teared up you know with everything with with crosshair and then he deciding to save uh omega and then that moment when she thinks az will die and that it really got to me and, and i was actually surprised so i'm on the other end when They're finally getting out. They're in their in their pods. Oh, we got a double up. Okay, who's gonna go with Omega? No, let's let the 13-year-old kid that has been kidnapped three times, help from ransom. She can go by herself. Really? As soon as she was by herself, like, what are you doing? Why does Hunter needs to be with Crosshair? Why does Tech and, and Echo have to be together? I understand Wrecker is the only one that fit. But really, you're gonna put Omega by herself? It's like Come on, you, you should be a little bit smarter. So I knew something was going to happen. I knew that AC's boosters were going to short it out. Yeah. I don't know. I might be a cynic. 
or something. I don't know. As soon as he started drifting, oh, I did my thing and pushed herself up. I'm thinking about uh, Big Hero Six, of course. And ah, what's this great movie. movie? Sorry, great movie. Yes, and then when he shoots him out because he knows he's gonna die, but he has, needs to save him. I like you're trying to do this. It's not getting to me. Same thing <laughs> as I was this other movie with the the emotions. Um, Oh, uh, yeah, with uh, Bing Bong. The... Bing Bong, that pushes oh, her. Oh, that actually. That... Yes, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so crying now. But are you going for the same thing? But all right. Inside out, inside out, inside, inside out. out. But when she says, oh, no, we can't leave AC. I'm going after her. I'm like, no, come on. Really? Why are you doing this? I, again, I'm, I know a lot of people love that because it shows Omega's humanity. And I know we should feel something and that's what this character brings i understand why so many so many people love her i don't hate her i think she's a great character but i'm like thinking really why just get out of here you haven't seen this droid in weeks i'm how many months you've been gone you have never mentioned i see but i get it anyway so but hey <laughs> if, if you think about it he was the only sentient thing she had while she was yeah. in camino so but yeah, you actually have to think about it too. Yeah, together. I mean, she had Nana say. But one <laughs> thing that I... So, nah, don't worry. I'm not going to complain. We're going to keep going. <laughs> we'll keep, keep positive. But I'll say this shot is great, not just visually, emotionally, and thematically, right? It's the end of the Clone Wars. Yep. Like you said, she only had AC and Nala say a little bit. But this is her home. Even though she's been gone for a few months and really didn't want to come back, this was where she was born. It's the end of the Clone Wars. It's the end of an era for the characters and for ourselves. So I do mm -hmm. understand thematically why that's important. Yep. What are your thoughts now? Clone Wars, it's over, basically. Now it's the reign yeah. of the Empire. So seeing this and the end of the Clone Wars, how does it make you feel, I guess, as a Star Wars fan, having lived through all this? Dude, this so... 2008 when the Clone Wars came out or even I, before that? I was... Or something. Yeah, I was like 14 when it came out. Yeah. So it's, it's weird because I actually got into Clone Wars, you know, after I saw The Last Jedi. So, that, you know, that was a moment. It opened the door for everything. <laughs> And so I'm not that attached to the Clone Wars story. I'm more attached to the Rebel story, for example, because sure. I saw it as it started and ended. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, there was a gut punch to it. You know, the the, the previous episode had, a, you know, as they're escaping, we have this these establishing shots of Camino yeah. empty. And it took me back to Attack of the Clones. It, it took me back to seeing Attack of the Clones for the first time, seeing these weird aliens <laughs> who are cloners in this weird place. Everything is white. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie. But there's something about, you know, the, the imagery of Kamino. Mm -hmm. I love that planet. I can't. Yeah. I, I love that we visited in, in Bad Batch. I was hoping we visited in Rise of Skywalker or Mandalorian. I heard rumors. Uh, no. I was excited. But, well, we won't re return to Tapioca I mean, you City. can go to Kamino, not to Tapioca, Tapioca yeah, City. Yeah. <laughs> and we know they, they have other facilities yeah. elsewhere. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But... I love that planet and seeing it all blown, you know, to, to crap, it, it was hard. It really yeah. was hard. So one thing that I did enjoy is that I would have been saying, keep uh, Crosser bad. I want Crosser to be the villain. And I love that even though he had 
not redemption, but he saved Omega. Like, like he said, oh, now we're even because she saved him before. I really love that they kept, kept him bad, at least for the entirety of this season, because it gives an antagonist to our heroes, right? They know mm -hmm. each other. They Every time that the Bad Batch were starting to do something crosser, I knew what they're going to do. They're going to tap into our systems or whatever. So I love mm -hmm. having that, that between them. And he, I love Crosser so much as a villain that I did as a hero with the Bad Batch. I, it's probably yeah. my least favorite Bad Batch member before, but now as this villain, I do enjoy him a little, a lot more. So I did like that. At least for now, they're still keeping him on the Empire side. Plus, then mm -hmm. you have like everyone saying that great line. Just because I understand you doesn't mean that I, I agree with you. I agree with you, uh, and don't make me your enemy. All that stuff. It's still great because they're still trying to save him. We don't know after. It's very kind of Kylo Ren-like in The Last Jedi. We try to save him. We try to save him. Ray closes the door on him of the Millennium Falcon. Everyone said, that's it. He's going to stay evil forever. But then Rise of Skywalker comes. All the uh, Raylo out there want every, them to get together and for Ben Solo to come back. And we got what we got, which I enjoyed. So it's still that kind of, is the door closed? So is there still a type of redemption? Or should we just let him stay evil? Or if there's a redemption, don't kill him to actually have him have to redeem himself. Yeah, so it being Star Wars, we know that unless you're Palpatine, <laughs> there's no one who's irredeemable. So yeah, yeah, it could happen. I don't know. You know, we'll see. So season two is coming. This episode ended or this season ended with Nala say being taken to this Empire facility, and we see the Empire cloners dressed in the same way that Professor whatever Doctor. his name was. Dr. So, Pershing. Dr. Pershing. And we know this tie supposedly with the Mandalorian and maybe with Rise of Skywalker. So where do you see this story going in season two? Do you think there's going to be more connections with the Mandovers? Honestly, no. <laughs> I think... Really? I, yeah. I'm not saying we're going to see Grogu, which I don't want I, to, but... I... You know, if it happens, I'll be happy. I'll, I'll be very happy. But I think that, you know, I don't. Maybe well, someone can correct me or, or anything. But I think people are waiting for Star Wars to turn into the MCU. Mm -hmm. That everything it's, you know, everything is connected in Star Wars, but in broad strokes way. Sure. I think people are waiting for direct connections, and I don't think we're getting that. I, I maybe we do maybe the new era of films builds and builds. Mm -hmm. I don't the way things have gone. I don't see it going that way. Even though you know people see Feloni's involved with which, I think he's less involved than people think in this show yeah, specifically. Everyone, everything is Feloni. He's because he's the first time executive producer. Dave Feloni, he has <laughs> almost nothing to do. I mean, okay, I know nothing. I have zero yeah. insight. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe well, he's think, sitting there in a chair and they're bringing him the scripts yeah. and he's like, no, yeah, no, no, yes, no. Yes, he's yeah. not the writer. He's not directing. He's a producer, okay, because he came up with the characters back in the Clone Wars. He was a secondary producer of Resistance. Nobody used his name for this. So I think people are just giving, I don't want to say giving too much credit, but using his name too much when they talk about that batch. Um, I do think we're going to get connections. Okay. And do I want him? I don't know. Like, again, we don't need everything to connect so perfectly. 
But when you have this character come out, dress exactly as Dr. Pershing, they're talking about cloning. There's cloning with Grogu that we don't know why they want him. There was cloning with the Emperor. Give me more cloning. I don't know if we need those connections, I, but I think we'll see something. I think we could see how it goes from here to what we see in Mandalorian. But, you know, I, I don't think we're going to have Dr. Pershing in his first day as an intern, you know, <laughs> uh, learning how to use the machines. And the, the Grogu thing is kind of tricky because we don't know the full story. And, you know, for what we've learned, I think, you know, he, he was taken from the temple and he was rem he remained hidden until Mando found him, I think. Yeah. But the client found out about him and I think they wanted him. They had never had him. That's what I think. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny because I remember a lot of people, maybe I mentioned, I don't even remember, thought that, oh, maybe the Bad Batch is the one that saves Grogu from the temple. Yeah, I, I used to them. think that. No. <laughs> so I first, yeah, my first thought, uh, Cat Bane got him. Cat Bane got him and sold him for ransom. That's what I thought. Because And a lot of people say, no, it says that they he was saved from the temple. I don't think they say it's saved. I think he was taken from the temple. I think it's what they use. Again, it's okay. been a long time. But I'm pretty sure he was he wasn't safe. But anyway, we don't know where Grogu is at this point. He's not on Luke's temple when it gets burned down. Stop yeah. saying that. Uh, but season two of the Bad Batch is coming. Great thing about television, it's even though I didn't enjoy the first season that much, it can still build and hopefully it gets better for my enjoyment of it. But a lot of people out there did enjoy the first season, and I hope they keep enjoying what comes after. So can only yeah. hope. If, if, if it's like Rebels, that every season is better than the last, if this was the bad season, yeah. we're in for a great show. Yeah. So Rebels, like I said before, I watched it when it came out. I didn't have um, Disney XD, so I watched it pirated on my computer. So it was pretty bad uh, reception or whatever. So, so don't say anything. <laughs> so I did enjoy it, but it wasn't blown away. When I sat back and then watched the whole series, it okay. like blew my mind. It's my favorite Star Wars series. Maybe the Bad Batch is the same. Sit back and watch the first season as a whole. Okay, I get it now because I know what's going to happen. Or maybe by the end of the series, we'll find out. But next year, Bad Batch is coming. But before that, we have Star Wars Visions, I think in September. Book of Boba Fett in December. Then Andor, Kenobi, uh, the Rogue Squadron movie. Mando. Mando 3. Again, if you didn't like Bad Batch, that's fine. There's like 20 other things coming. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so speaking of the High Republic, today we're talking a book that we... I kind of jump on my reviews, and I'm sorry I don't have it with me. It's back there somewhere. I should go get it, but I, I'm sorry, I won't. So it's Race to Crash Point Towers by Daniel Jose Alder, who's doing a great job with the IDW Star Wars The High Republic Adventures. He finally got to write a novel for the High Republic, apart from the comics. This is a middle-grade book, I should say, mm -hmm. but very entertaining. So far, the High Republic has been crushing it. I the kids out there say. So I think we talked a little bit before, but have you been enjoying the High Republic so far? I absolutely love the High Republic. It's everything I wanted out of Star Wars since they said, we're restarting the canon, we're <laughs> taking this in a different direction. This is everything I wanted. It, and even more, it's because, you know, I, I didn't think about the High Republic because yeah. it wasn't a thing. But, yeah, no, I absolutely love this era. Yeah, it's my favorite. Um, I think the prequel era has the best story in terms of the movie and the live action. 
mm -hmm. but the High Republic is creeping so so quickly to it's, to racists. Like what? it's something different. We don't didn't know anything about it, but it's a hundred percent Star Wars. And I said it three hundred times. The Jedi and the Force is my favorite in Star Wars, so I'm I'm basking right now. What these five authors have done, it just can't go understated. It's it's frankly, right, Roberto. All right, thank you um, for joining. It, it's it's mind blowing. It truly is because it, it feels like Star Wars. It it yeah. really does, but it's different, and the era it's different, and it's the small things. In light of the Jedi, they throw out this little comment that droids are for the first time starting to walk without being connected to anything, mm. and we know the hyperspace. You can't jump from any point to any point at that moment. So. It's it's interesting how it feels like Star Wars, but it's it's different, and I just love it. Yeah, I mean, when Project Luminous was announced, and they said it was kind of 300 years, or that, at that point it was hundreds of years before anything we knew in Star Wars, and Luminous is going to be about the Force, and then High Republic was announced, the height of the Jedi. It became my most anticipated Star Wars project, and it hasn't let me down in anything that I've read so far, from the adult books, to the YA, which I love so much, Into the Dark, my favorite. And then even the middle grades with A Test of Courage first, which introduced me to one of my top three characters in Vanessa Row. And now we have Daniel Jose there with Race of Crash Point Tower, which was another great book. You've been reading the comics, right? I have. I, I, I haven't read the these week's okay. comics. Uh, that's fine. It's But, only yeah. So for myself, I haven't read the comics, and I've said before when I have other people here that I've read them, how, how much people benefit from reading the ancillary <laughs> stories. But I think for this one, it's extremely important, not important, but it does help a lot because Lula um, and Scene, and there's so many characters introduced in the comics that are main characters here. So for people like myself that haven't read the comics so far, What's the benefit of knowing those characters before jumping into this book? So you you hadn't read the IDW comics? Oh, okay, I, no, no, no. It's okay. so much that I couldn't. I knew because I've seen all the posts from Danielle and everyone else, Kevin Scott, that's working on the comics. Mm -hmm. So I kind of know what's going on. I know that Ava Chris and the other Jedi are fighting the Dren gear. And I know um, Lula, Sin, Quartz. For Sala, I know those characters. If I've seen them, and I know they have in their separate adventure, but I haven't been following it. So I think this this book actually does a fairly good job, um, you know, telling you what happened in the comics, everything you need to know for this book, because it it does it quick. It's pretty efficient with it. It, it doesn't spend two chapters telling you what happened. <laughs> yeah, but I think the benefit is that. In my case, this book was just a continuation of what started in the comics. Sure. It was like basically the next chapter in, in that story. And it it's awesome because it integrated the, the rising storm with mm -hmm. what's happening in the comics and in, in the IDW comics. And it melded and it's basically the result is this book. <laughs> and yeah, yeah no, I, I I was really happy having read the comics, you know, because I was like, oh, oh crap, everything I read, it's relevant here. So, so yeah. Yeah, which is great for, like you mentioned, that interconnectivity that they've always talked about. So, like you mentioned, if you read The Rising Storm, there's 
um, racial crashing towers happen. It's happened at the same time as rising storm, and in the rising storm, it, once you're reading it, there's the scene that's in the this Republic jail that Tyori, not yeah, Valo jail. Tyori mm -hmm. is there with Mantesa, and then Ram shows up and he's thrown into the jail. We mm -hmm. don't know why, but here we no. know. So once you get to write uh, racial crashing towers, you know how he got there. So very quick. The story, like you mentioned, we have during Rising Storm, the communication towers go down. Uh, Ram is this young Jedi Padawan that just living, living in the garage. I like working with uh, machines and speeders and all that stuff. He has to go out, check what's, what's wrong with the comps, and he sees two or three of the Nile are doing something mm -hmm. with the comp towers. They jump out, they leave some spores or something. And then communication goes down that now appear in Valo and then rising storm basically happens. And he's on the other end of the planet, which is the planet that he grew up in. Right. If I'm mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. He, which is, again, very interesting for Star Wars because Jedi taken from the planet. You're never coming back. Basically, he's still working there or living there, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. And then on the other end, for people like to read the comic, comic, you have Lula. Right, Lula Talisola, uh, scene which I don't have her name here at the moment. I mean her last name, and mm -hmm. they're following that story because they're going to her her home planet, which I guess one of the elders has been taken by the Nile. They talk about Cricks, which used to be her best friend. He joins the, also in the comics. Yeah, and he's I didn't even notice he's, he's on in of the show. Yeah, which someone pointed it out on Twitter. I'm like, oh yeah, that. Kid that she, the nan wanted to kill. Now I get it. <laughs> uh, but then you have all these connections, right? You have Rising Storm, um, Out of the Shadows, the comics, and Racial Crashman Towers, which is a middle grade book for kids. And this is the most interconnected of all these stories. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What else about this story kind of drew you in before we jump into the characters and some of why we love those characters so much? Yeah. So basically, I I made a conscious choice that I'm going to read all High Republic. Like, <laughs> uh, so far, there's nothing that has I have been like, ah, no, I'm not checking that out. <laughs> so I read A Test of Courage and I was like very skeptical going in. But, you know, I, I made that promise I was going to read it all. <laughs> and I really liked it. I, you know, it's not my favorite book, but I really enjoyed it and the characters and everything. So going into Race to Crash Point Tower, I, I love Daniel Jose Older. He's. He's an awesome Twitter follow. Number <laughs> yes, one. You gotta, you gotta follow him. Last shot is great. And I started reading the IDW comics and I really liked them. So knowing that oh, awesome art. The, yeah. the art in this book is really great. It's one of the things that I love about, about the middle grade book is that we get these little action bits. Yeah. In the art, which I love. So keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, no, so I knew Daniel Jose Older was writing it, so I was actually excited. Lula was in the cover, so we knew she was going to be in it. And I was pre pleasantly surprised how it was more tied to the comics than I would have thought. Mm -hmm. But I don't think, and, you know, you haven't read them, so did you feel lost at any moment or? No, because I think they did a great job in saying, in kind of establishing what's happening in the comics, mm -hmm. the bigger bits, like seeing Marla Umbrella, I don't know how you pronounce it, yeah. is this force sensitive person that has been hidden, hiding her force powers 
because her planet hates the Jedi for some reason, doesn't trust them, so she has to hide it. Mm -hmm. And then when she has to show them to help this battle against, I guess, the, the Nile, then the people in her village kind of are taken aback. She loses her, her best friend, Crix, to the Nile because she doesn't want anything to do with Force users. But then she meets Lula Talisola, which I love this character, which she wants to be the greatest Jedi ever, but it She's has great. those deep connections with everyone that she feels con at attracted, not physically, but there's some attraction. Yeah. She doesn't want anything to happen to them. And then you have Ram, which is a new character, but there's mention of Quart of Farsala, which I've seen in the comics, not read them, but I know those characters. So I think it does enough to let you know what's been going on on the other side of the galaxy, away mm -hmm. from the bigger conflicts, that when it gets to here, I didn't feel as lost because I knew, okay, so something happened in her planet. She's now a force user training with this Jedi, but she's not a Jedi, but she still wants to learn. But there's more to it. Uh, that now took this elder from her village because he knows that was something that's going to change the tides of war. What is that? I have no idea, but I am very interested now. And then I think I might be wrong. I kind of thought that they said something that the Nile kind of started on that planet that had some connection to uh, her home planet. I don't know. So I can tell you what the thing is. It's yeah, um, let's go ahead. It's well, a rising it's down there. So if it's, you a, it's a rising storm spoiler, but in the IDW comic, we don't know what it is until you finish finish the rising storm. But Mark Monroe is looking for something, and in the rising storm, we learn that that something is the spear to control the the leveler. Okay, yeah. so that connection it, it, it it's pretty interesting how the books just hints at it and you know it, it's very hard to miss because it, yeah. it's it, it literally it literally says something that can change the tide of the war yeah and it's that it's a leveler okay so i didn't because i know it happens at the same time but i thought anyway i get because the leveler come on that's oh, man. we can't get into that right now because we don't want to suffer through that sucked <laughs> yes i know but it's like ah it's so much what's going to happen now but anyway, so let's talk about characters. And our main character is Ram Jomaram, which is this young Jedi Padawan that grew up on Balo. He's a mechanic, had never really fought. He's trained with his lightsaber. He has nothing. He doesn't want to be with people. Sleeping in my nope. garage with my machines, I'll be happy. And I love the way that she that he connects to the Force because people people connect or Jedi connect to other people through the Force, right? But the Force is everywhere, which he says. And he uses that connection to kind of see the inner workings of droids and any machinery that he's working on. So I love seeing that new way of the force being used. And of course, he uses this at the end to connect with the drain gear and then kind of tell them, hey, they now are using you. You're not getting any live meat like you want. Everyone's going to be dead. So kind of help us here. So I really like Ram. He has some comedic bits with his droid V18. I really enjoy B18 when he gets his upgrades. I love the bomb brags. I'm sure in the comics are just as hilarious. So I love, I really enjoyed Ram. Did you like this character? And what about him did you have enjoyed the most? I liked him. He, he has a lot of moments that I really loved. I, I don't feel so hooked on the character. Sure. I don't know why. I, I, there's nothing about him that I dislike, honestly. Mm -hmm. I just, he's with Lula and I love Lula. <laughs> Yeah, but um, so but he has a ton of moments that I really like. The 
I don't know. I can mention them now or or a bit later. Go ahead. Uh, so there's a very interesting moment when you know Star Wars is always about you know this new generation taking mm. this step into a larger world, and I loved how Ram's moment. He he has to do that right. He and for him it's stepping out of his garage and just mm -hmm. going because there's this thing about responsibilities that you don't usually ask for them. They're just given to you. Yeah. And he's at, at this moment, he knows of the attack. He knows something's happening and he's the only one who knows. So he has to do something. Yeah. And there's also this moment when he comments on, look at all these Jedi. And for him, that's just taking a huge step for him. And it's weird because they're his colleagues. They're, mm -hmm. they're part of the same order. So I, I really like that about him, how he has to step up even though he doesn't want to. And he doesn't even hesitate, I think. And something else that I really liked, and I would love to hear uh, Daniel Jose Alder's, you know, perspective on this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, he, he's, Daniel Jose Alder was a paramedic in yeah. New York, and I think during 9-11. And there's a moment where Ram, you know, he takes a moment and he sees Valo just being obliterated. And I'm, I'm like... Is that, you know, Daniel Jose Older just like projecting what he saw that day onto the pages or is it just a coincidence? It could be. But I found that very fascinating. And knowing, you know, what I know about Daniel, it, it shocked me. So, yeah, yeah. I really like Ram. I really it might like him. Because um, there's that scene, not only all the buildings are falling, those floating cities are falling down. You have all that. All the islands. Yeah. Gear, and they have to get up i mean from the nile they have to get higher and higher to be able to get out of all this debris so mm -hmm. yeah it can have that parallel it, it has that yeah yeah so i re i really enjoyed ram but like you said lula talisol is in this book and she's the one from the new batch at least for myself she's the one that takes the cake i really like this character because it's again it's another type of jedi it starts with her wanting to be the best and i know as jedi we shouldn't want that but i want to be the best jedi ever anakin skywalker and then she gets knocked down like five pegs when she meets Vern, this Jedi Knight that has supposedly the world figured out. And she's like, okay, I know nothing. How can I get to this level? But I shouldn't feel this because I'm a Jedi. And then everything that Vern in this book, very different from Out of the Shadows, which you're reading right now. So I think yeah. how far into Out of the Shadows are you? Um, I'm in the first few chapters. Yeah. Okay, um, so it's not a spoiler. Because there's no connection, not real mentioning, but in at the beginning of Out of the Shadows, Vernesso is kind of reeling from what happened in the attack of Valo. So it's oh, yeah, basically I, I, I survival skills. But here in Attack of I mean Race of Crash Point Tower, she's still on the other edge. Like, I'm the adult here, I'm the Jedi Knight, I have all the answers. And she's talking to Lula about balance. Because Lula, even though she wants to be this great Jedi Knight. Like I said, she feels connected to everyone that she meets and wants to save everyone. And she said, I can have this connection. And Bernessa tells her it's all about balance. Being a Jedi is about balance. She said, being a Jedi isn't about not having feelings or caring about anything. You hear that, Yoda? Uh, if Jedi were supposed to feel anything, we weren't supposed to feel any, anything. We might as well be droids. Being a Jedi mm -hmm. is about balance. And that's such a great line. And I love that it came from Vernestra to another young character in Lula. It's it's awesome because that connects really well to Stalin has a very similar quote in mm -hmm. in Rising Storm. He says that uh, uh, 
what it's like something like um assuming jedis don't have attachments it's it's actually dangerous yeah and it's interesting because we know vernestra is stellan's padawan so that connection is really cool like yeah, yeah they're saying the, the same thing because she learned from him and so, I, I i love that scene because yeah. lula just like says everything she has to say she says, <laughs> i feel attached to everything the planet yes. the grass everything everything and then we have finally, because if you read Rising Storm, you know there's mention of this great beast in the Suda, Hargshide, Hagershide. I don't know how you pronounce it. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Yes, I gotta get those audiobooks. I, I heard the, the audiobook and I, I can't remember how it's pronounced. Plus, we get the mud horn in this book also. There's oh, mention yes. of the mud horn because we get this great arts. You have Lula, you have Ram, two now they're getting gonna get stomped on, and this great beast which was kind of brought to life, not brought to life because the artist, I'm sorry, I don't have the book here to say who oh, the artist was. It's it's Peter, it's I pronounced it. Peter Antonsen. I, I tweeted at him. I, I oh, love his art. I really great. love his art. I gotta do the same. But this this great beast was mentioned in The Rising Storm by Kevin Scott. And if you read anything about Kevin Scott, he loves his weird giant beast in Star Wars. It's great to see that monster here. And then, like I said, we get Vernestra rowing this book, which is one of my favorite. We also have seen Marla, Rala, which is non-Jedi, but she has some kind of, I don't know, some connection to Lula. We don't know what that's going to be like, but I really like that character also. Does it feel related or similar to those characters from the comics making the jump to this book? Oh, yeah, definitely. It, it really felt like a, just the next chapter in that story. I had no issues with how they they transitioned from, from comic to to the... And the art, they look very similar to yeah. how they so look I love in the this comics. Art. She's Lula's with That's her awesome. lightsaber, seen with her two blasters and ran with this yellow lightsaber, which are all, always great. The mm -hmm. tower is covered in drain gear. We have the now attacking. So yes, it's a middle grade book. It's a smaller adventure, but it's still very Star Wars. It gets you engaged and it gives you some some great characters. And we get more with Ty Yorick, the Jedi Hunter. Yep. Which, and guess one of the greatest lines ever when she kills this now Mon Calamari. Sweet dreams, sweet seafood. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel, for that. Yep. Which I think someone had tweeted that out, or maybe it was seen like four months really? ago. Really? Yeah, I remember seeing that that quote somewhere and then when i finally read it oh, okay i get it now <laughs> all right so any as we start wrapping up any other thoughts about race to cash crushman tower no not really i i just in my podcast i always try to say you know if if you're not reading this book or the idw comics you know i know you do it because of time constraint and that's perfectly valid but if you're not reading it just because oh it's for kids yeah. give it a chance really really give it a chance you know you're not missing anything huge because the high republic does a great job catching you up with what you need to know but it really helps in filling in that the time period and what the events because if you read rising storm you think the nile attack just happens out of nowhere yeah. this book tells you no no things were mm -hmm. happening before yeah, and it tells you because they go to this planet that Vanessa Vanessa tells them to go to the to scenes home planet to see what's mm -hmm. going on. They speak with this elder that tells them, "Oh, the other elder was taken to planet X." I didn't write down the mm -hmm. name, and where they're investigating, all the now ships just jump out from there, and they're going straight to the fair. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's a plan that they've had in motion for a while. Yeah, 
yeah, so again, read all the books that you can. They do connect. Uh, Rising, I mean, the High Republic is a great way to get into Star Wars publishing. You don't have to know a lot about it. Stay, start from that of the Jedi and go from there. It's, there's still time. The more we get into it, it's going to be harder. It's going to be harder. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to convince anyone who likes Star Wars, get in, because it's going to be very yeah. hard. It's going to be harder than, than we know. And I don't the acolyte because a lot of people prefer visual mediums the acolyte even it comes in three years from now it's at the end the tail end of the high republic and i, so I don't know how much on. i don't know how much it's going to connect to the books no big mentions i'm guessing i guess the the acolyte is going to be maybe the beginning of the sith not the beginning but the resurgence of the sith but maybe there might be some mentions to it but anyway high republic wave two is basically done so wave three has been announced we saw those the titles are coming, I believe, January 2022. Excited for Wave 3, scared for Wave 3? Uh, both. <laughs> I'm more excited than scared. The, yeah, those last chapters in in The Rising Storm terrified me, but I'm, I'm, I want to know how, how everything is going to go. Yeah, there's so much. And when, when you finish Out of the Shadows, you're going to have like 20 more questions. And then you're going to see heard. I need to start wave three because I need this those ans those questions answered. So it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, so yeah, I think that that's a wrap. That's a show. Thank you everyone for joining us in the chat. I know some people had to leave early, plus not everyone's caught up with the books, but thank you guys for being here as always. Let me see who was here. Getting some shout-outs on the live show before we leave. Roberto Venegas, as always, our friend. Tony, your friend, thank you for joining us. Um Michael from the Two Met Two Network was here. Tony, Mr. Res also, and Dale, our friend Dale Erdman, made his appearance as always. So thank you guys always for your support. And Oti, thank you for being here. So where can people me. find you? So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Epe Star Wars. That thing it says down there. Just write that and you'll find me. I'm more active on Twitter. And yeah, if my show, as I said, my show is in Spanish. But I'm having English speaking guests. So, you know, subscribe to the show. It's on Apple, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever your podcasts are found. And yeah. And even if you don't speak Spanish, it's Star Wars. You'll pick something out. Plus, it's always good to know two languages. So just go and check it. Don't, yeah. You start picking up words. That's how that's how I learned English. You start, I had subtitles. Get Rosetta Stone and then come there to you go. It's my kids. I don't know how my daughter's 11. And she got on her phone and started learning French or French or Italian. I don't know. One of those sure. two. There's 20 apps I can show you. So check that and then go check Oti on and Podcast of Star Wars and Film Not Included. That's right. I got it yep. right. Film not and included. for myself, um, Instagram, Twitter, at Radio Rebel Pod. We have our website, Radio Rebellion Podcast.wordpress.com. You can find all my reviews of the High Republic novels there. Uh, our shows are also posted there. And any news item that I think I need to talk a little bit more are going to be there also. Um, so, yeah, there's you can find my link tree on the description of this show. Like I mentioned before, it's our 75th episode. Thank you to everyone. Plus our th season three finale. So we're going to be taking a small break before we jump into season four. Thinking about a few things, I still got to... You know, I don't know, making some changes, maybe. Maybe not. We'll see in a few weeks if the show is the same. But as always, thank you for being here. Stay safe. Be safe. And may the force be with you. Radio Rebellion.